Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Jugmeet Singh questions the government's handling of allegations made against General Jonathan Vance. It is the responsibility of elected officials upon learning of allegations to ensure that they get followed up on appropriately by responsible, independent officials and investigators. That's exactly what we did in this situation. A hopeful outlook on vaccines as we approach the one-year anniversary of the global pandemic. I want to take a minute to reflect on the incredible progress that has been made in one year's time and the tremendous effort and resources that have gone into the development of these vaccines. It is a scientific feat like no other, and the government has been delivering on its commitment to provide Canadians with access to safe, effective, and high-quality vaccines that will help us in our fight against this global pandemic. And does Aaron O'Toole face trouble within the Conservative caucus? The biggest problem for O'Toole, I think, is that, and this he may have brought on himself, he campaigned one way for the leadership of the party, and he is trying now to move it to campaigning for the centre of the political spectrum for another election. It's Monday, March the 8th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Mark, and uh, happy Women's Day. Yes, happy Women's Day to you as well. And um, let's talk about the, the latest on what we know and who knew what and when about the allegations against not one but two Chiefs of the Defense Staff, uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh on the weekend was talking about the serious questions he has now for Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So where do you think we stand on this? Well, it has quickly evolved and uh, evolved without us knowing a whole lot of public details in from a defense problem and a problem within the military to being a political problem. And that happened last week, of course, when uh, the former ombudsman talked about um, not getting the, the hearing he had expected from the defense minister. And again, details are vague. And the minister himself said that that recollection was false. So we are, I think we're right in the middle of this being um, a, a military problem and a political problem, and the opposition is is desperately wants to make this a political problem. That will probably happen today when the House resumes, and it is International Women's Day, and usually on International Women's Day, uh, all the questioners usually and most of the answerers are are women. It's, uh, they do this also on the anniversary of the call polytechnique. So I would imagine today in the House, unless, you know, every tradition is being broken these days, but usually it, it is that, that the, the, uh, the women dominate the debate. And for the opposition, this is a, a perfectly framed issue to catch the Trudeau government up short on its, its claims to be uh, female-friendly, gender-friendly, and zero tolerance when it comes to harassment in the workplace. Yeah, and obviously there is, as you say, the issue of uh, how to fix what's going on in the Canadian military, also perhaps how to change the appointment process so this doesn't keep happening. But there is still the political question, and I think this is part of what Jagmeet Singh was getting at on the weekend and what others have raised as well, of 
when were these allegations brought forward? And did Harjit Sajjan tell the truth when he said he didn't know about them at a certain point? Because we had testimony last week at the Defense Committee that, that seems to contradict that. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, 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 Mr. Sajjan's uh, uh, answers are going to be the ones that people want in the Commons today and this week. The Prime Minister has been rather emphatic that his first hint of any of this came uh, when Global News did its reporting, which leads to a whole bunch of questions. This wasn't just a game of broken telephone. It was a question of no telephone at all. So uh, as always with these issues, that you know, there are so many details we don't know for very good reasons we don't know them. It's to protect the privacy of the complainants and so that we don't deter other complainants from coming forward. But as you say, if we're trying to fix cultural problems in the military, they need other people to come forward and talk about what's been going on in there. Um, it really is. It's, it's one of the most difficult issues and, and certainly one that this government does not want to find itself in this week or any week. All right, let's turn to vaccines. We're approaching a couple of big milestones. First of all, on Thursday, it'll be a year since the World Health Organization declared uh, the coronavirus situation a global pandemic. A lot of people will remember this time of year here in Canada as well for when things started to shut down pretty dramatically, uh, starting with professional sports leagues and then uh, classrooms being closed and all of that. Um, We're also approaching some important milestones in different parts of the country in terms of the rollout of vaccines. So what do you expect from this week with regard to vaccination? Well, we'll remember that all governments, or at least, uh, let's just talk federally and in Ontario, tried to end last week on a really positive, happy note. And people were happy. You know, that that Rick Hillier's first estimates of when vaccines were going to roll out in Ontario put uh, a lot of it in summer. And, and uh, you know, there was this withering feeling that, uh, that, that this was just going to go on and on. We were going to have a really rotten summer. But all of a sudden, literally within days, on Friday, we found out that we are getting a pile more vaccines. I've kind of lost count now, but um, I think... It, it's it's way more than we need by September now. And that Rick Hillier estimates that everyone in Ontario is going to be vaccinated once, at least, by June 20th, uh, the end of spring, uh, beginning of summer. So I, I think you're going to see the government this week and, and all governments and public health officials talking really positively about the vaccines. But we do know we're in a race with the variants as well. So we are again we are right in the middle of this we are we can't let down our guard as the public health officials keep telling us uh we're gonna we you know who would have ever thought last march 11th 12th 13th that we'd still be talking a year from now about being locked down and our lives being different a lot of people are going to be nostalgic about that and and really i think for a lot of people this year anniversary this week is going to be a milestone and the only thing that's getting through it are the announcements that came late last week that things may not be it may not take as long as we thought to get everybody vaccinated yeah it it, we may have moved from being too optimistic a year ago about how soon this would be over to perhaps being (laughs) a little too optimistic too pessimistic rather a couple of weeks ago 
about how long yeah. it would it will take to get out of this. So we'll see. Uh, winter has that effect on people, though. <laughs> it sure uh, does. <laughs> as well as a long pandemic. Um, so let's talk about Aaron O'Toole for a moment, because um, there have been a series of articles over the last week or two about his leadership and potential divisions within the Conservative caucus, whether he can hold it all together. There was another one on the weekend. What are your thoughts on where he stands right now and whether there are, in fact, troubles within the Conservative caucus? Yeah, my colleague, Alex Boudelier, has been reporting on this, too. And uh, the, the fact is, you mentioned that it's coming out all over the place. I think the most recent report in the National Post from Brian Platt said that had one person saying, I'm surprised it hasn't come out before now. I wrote about it last week in the context that reminded me of the Liberals about a decade ago. Uh, there, there are so many similarities uh, to where the Liberals found themselves going on to their second leader after losing power, thinking they had a quick way back in, in the middle of a global crisis. I, I, the biggest problem for O'Toole, I think, is that and this he may have brought on himself. He campaigned one way for the leadership of the party, and he is trying now to move it to campaigning for the center of the political spectrum for another election. And every party does, every party leader faces this. Those are two different audiences. I think in Mr. O'Toole's case, this is a particularly profound difference. He's got uh, it, the, some of the noises that are being made are coming up because the Conservatives are about to have an online virtual convention. I was writing last week, it really is too bad it has to be virtual. Because sometimes a lot of these problems get sorted out when people have to sit and look at each other in the face and talk to each other. And I think uh, Mr. O'Toole has a problem because... The, the calls, as they say, are coming from inside the House. These are MPs who are disgruntled, and I'm, I'm old enough to remember when disgruntled liberals was a beat uh, for political reporters, but I think disgruntled conservatives now don't seem to have much of an agenda. There doesn't seem to be a, a, a kingmaker waiting in the wings. This isn't like a Martin Gretchen feud or anything like that. This is just conservatives down in the dumps feeling that the end of their time in opposition is not coming soon enough for them. Right. You know, you think the pandemic These, these things, let's time, be clear, yeah. they always happen in when you're in opposition and rarely when you're in government, right? That's uh, it's, the it's about of power. Yeah, <laughs> and it's about winning and losing, right? If you're if you're on a losing team, that's when questions arise about whether things are being run properly. When you're on a winning team, not so much. I was really struck, though, by uh, uh, one quote, an anonymous one in Alex Boudelier's story last week, where they, he, he was quoting somebody on the inside saying, there is a contingent inside the Conservative Party that doesn't care whether they win or lose. Uh, and again, this may be, but it's about staying true to the principles of the base. Hmm. And that, right. that's a tough one. That's a tough one for Aaron O'Toole to. I I had my own problems with him last week. I, I say my institutional problems with him. He went and did a Facebook Live thing last Thursday night where he was trash talking the Toronto Star 
three weeks after sitting in our own editorial board and saying really nice things to the Toronto Star about how, you know, how much we were a national paper. And that, to me, crystallizes where he is right now. There's there's this sense out there, not just on the inside of the party, but on the outside, is that Mr. O'Toole targets his message or shapes it to his audience. And sometimes it's contradictory. And in this age of we know what everybody's saying all the time, it's very hard to say one thing to one audience and one thing to mm. another. Very interesting. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, thanks, Mark. Have a good week. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. I love Canada, and I know our greatest days are ahead. We will get through this crisis, but it takes leadership. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In McLean's, Philippe J. Fournier argues recent poll results indicate there could be trouble on the horizon for the conservative leader. Fournier writes, Most worrying for Aaron O'Toole are the results among Conservative Party voters. Only 62% of Conservative voters hold a positive impression of him, and fewer than 10% of voters of other parties view the Conservative leader favorably. With growing chatter about a possible late spring election, the upcoming CPC 2021 policy convention may be the last chance O'Toole has to fully grasp hold of his own party and improve his personal numbers before the next federal campaign kicks off. In the Toronto Star, Chantal Hébert argues Aaron O'Toole might be the pandemic's biggest loser. Hébert writes, Never have so many Canadians had to rely on governments for so long. It should come as little surprise that the ranks of those who support government activism seem to have expanded over the course of the pandemic. The Conservatives are the only federal party consistently falling below its last election score in voting intentions. The reviews range from mixed in Ontario and Manitoba to negative in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Even in the Conservatives' heartland, the pandemic is doing them no favours. In the Globe and Mail, Ivana Hideg argues men must be included in talk of gender equality. She writes, To date, most efforts aimed at improving gender equality have focused on breaking down the barriers that women face at work. While significant strides have been made, we've seen far less success on the home front, where traditional gender roles persist. It's time we accepted that men need to be part of the solution, and that true gender equality entails enabling men to have equal access to caregiving and family time. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. If you're watching the House of Commons today, you'll notice a big difference in the way things proceed. As CPAC's Martin Stringer reports, MPs will be voting electronically. Mark, ever since the House of Commons adopted a hybrid sitting formula with a few MPs socially distanced in the House and the rest participating virtually from their ridings, one of the biggest challenges has been votes in the House of Commons. As, as our viewers will know, they can sometimes take more than an hour as MPs voting virtually all must be and remain at their video terminals to vote one by one, and their video and audio connections must be clear to the speaker and all those watching. Now, starting today with a first vote this afternoon, which happens to be on a Bloc Québécois motion on pensions, MPs will be voting electronically using a new secure app. In pre-pandemic days, standing votes would usually take about 8 to 10 minutes for the entire House. Now the new electronic system will bring it back to a matter of minutes. Now, instead of voting one by one when called upon by the Speaker, MPs will have a set window of time during which they electronically register their vote. 
The new system respects the basic fundamental of parliamentary democracy, namely that every Canadian should be able to see how his or her individual MP votes on any given matter. That will be displayed electronically after each vote. But Mark, obviously the big advantage, especially on days when there are multiple votes, is that instead of hours and hours of ponderous voting, the new system, if it works as hoped, will bring it back to minutes. According to the parliamentary schedule, we should be able to see how it all works just after question period this afternoon. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will speak with the Prime Minister of Sweden before attending Equal Voices virtual seating of Daughters of the Vote in the House of Commons. He will also take part in a virtual discussion with representatives of SheEO Ventures, along with Small Business Minister Mary Ng. The Prime Minister will then chair the Cabinet meeting, followed by a virtual event with a group of girl guides from Vancouver, British Columbia. Natural Resources Minister Seamus O'Regan will hold a virtual event on International Women's Day. He will also take part in the Prospectors and Developers Association of Canada virtual conference from today through Wednesday. And Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau will announce investments to organizations in the Eastern Townships region for projects to help ensure food security in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, March the 8th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.